Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. My guest today is the world's first and only comparison coach who has helped thousands of people go from compare and despair to comparison free. And now she has condensed all of that insight and years of knowledge into The Comparison Cure, the book that you need if you struggle with daily comparison. Lucy came on Control-Alt-Delete a few years back. She is a friend of mine and we spoke about her interest in breaking down comparison for people and giving advice and it was really great to catch up again and promote her brilliant book. I'm so glad this book exists because it just gives such a practical insight into how to get over those comparison gremlins that we all have. The book is for anyone who has struggled with comparing yourself to others, which of course is a totally human thing, but it's not always great when it starts to take over your life. The book has a three-step tried and tested methodology to help you improve your self-worth and self-confidence, setting you on your way to let go of comparison, procrastination and start living a comparison-free life. It's packed full of tips, examples and exercises to help you take back control of who you are and what you want to do. And it's a super empowering, positive book. So I really recommend you buying one and I thought this would make a good January episode. Hope you enjoy it. And if you did, please leave a rating or a review on iTunes and I will see you next week. So welcome back, Lucy Sheridan. Oh my God, Emma, I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you, darling. Return guest. This is super exciting because... Your episode, and I t- I've told you this before, that we did maybe two years ago now, yeah. is one of my most popular, my most downloaded. Oh my People gosh. love it. They love you. And just to do another episode, like a few years on, where we can refresh yeah. and talk about it, and to promote your amazing book, because... Pinch me a million times and then slap me in the face because I still can't believe it. And it's just, it's so nice to be having this conversation and then for someone, uh, hopefully listening, to be able to go and buy a physical copy of what's inside your head. Because I really, I think books are so special for that, that you can curl up and and remind yourself about these things. So um, firstly, I just wanted to ask you to just, um, you know, talk a little bit about how you came to be the comparison coach because you are the only one in the world. That's right. TM down, I add. TM. Trademarked, yeah. Exactly, you're one of a kind. So how how did you carve out this niche for yourself? Well, I'm going to try and keep this to be nice and tight, but I will say it's definitely been a case of teach what I've needed to learn. So comparison for me has been part of my life since I was like a little kid, from like swing badges to when my brother was born to like academic grades, etc., right through to body developing, like you name it, I compared myself in that way. And I thought everyone did. Like, I was a real comparison generalist. I would compare myself in lots of different ways, at lots of different times, um, to lots of different people. And it's just been this theme, I suppose. And then in my late 20s, um, I kind of developed quite acute anxiety. And it was from there that I realised um, comparison was a real trigger point for that through kind of going down some various personal therapy routes. Because, you know, if you're not in therapy at this in this time, <laughs> in this day and age, then like get yourself involved. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah, totally. It's like hairdresser, dentist, therapist. Do it. <laughs> you got it. Um, that really revealed a lot about um, my tendency to compare and about you know, this thing that maybe I was looking for. That then kind of turned into not an academic interest, but I realised that there was there must be something that I could do to, I say sort it out, but to look at how to resolve it. Um, it was stimulated as well by the fact I'd been to a school reunion, which I talk about in the book, and 
the day itself was absolutely fantastic and we had a really great time and um, I think I've joked with you before Emma like the barbecue was incredible the gossip was like you know 10 out of 10 etc but from there when I opened my social media the day after I just woke up in this Las Vegas of comparison and things were never the same and I just spun out in the Mm. It felt to me like this comparison that was like a buffet and it was open all hours and there was always something new and different for me to compare myself mm. to. I just, I would say like I lost myself ultimately. The anxiety started getting a little bit worse and that's when I realised that this did need my attention. And um, I know I've kind of joked with you about it before, Em, in that I found myself under a duvet, like on a perfectly lovely, sunny Saturday afternoon. And I was kind of fully dressed, scrolling social media and my phone died. And I just had this almost out of like out of body voice experience, which was like, this has got to stop. Mm. And it was at that moment and it, uh, I look back on it now and it feels quite clear, but it was more of a feeling back then. But I did feel like... If I can think and feel myself into this, can I think and feel myself out of it? And I literally set myself that as a bit of a puzzle. How could I just come back close to myself? How could I just stop having people under surveillance on social media? Mm -hmm. Like these comparison triggers I would follow and refresh and seek out to compare myself to. And over the process of, you know, um, not just kind of investing in my own self-development, but investing in also training too, I was able to get to some answers. And then fortuitously or serendipitously or lots of words like that, um, about six years or so, I decided to leave my corporate job and um, set myself up as a multi-hyphenate, she says, winking and wink, winking wink. and pointing at you, <laughs> in that I would be self-employed and I would try and help people with comparison but also do what I used to do in my old day job and I say long story short because it's definitely been a medium to long story but ultimately that brings us kind of today where mm. about six years ago if we look back I set myself up as the comparison coach and just thought you know I really want to help when it comes to this I can't be the only one and I set out to kind of I say prove that but to explore that and it's almost like the rest is history but mm. that brings me to today where I've been able yeah. to distill down these tools that for anyone that wants more self-focus more self confidence and the the big golden one more self-worth this is an approach to do it and that's what all my work's geared towards amazing I mean it's so great to kind of set that context for the book and how I genuinely feel like maybe people are touching on it a little bit but this book I feel like it only you could have written this and this Mm. is years and years and years of expertise we've known each other a few years now so like you know whether it's been in like our whatsapps and dms right through to you know other sort of things and I've seen you speak and it's really you're an incredible speaker and I just found that with this book as well I think that some things are very obvious that it's comparison like for example you're scrolling on Instagram and you're having Mm. negative thoughts but some of it in the book I realised that actually some behaviours you don't mean immediately think that it's comparison based but it is and in the intro even you talk about bitchy leaks yeah so like when you're being a bit of a gossip and you're being a bit of a bit of a bitch it is comparison some of it and and it's coming from a place of not feeling happy in yourself um did you want it to be kind of quite conversational like that like how do we kind of spot these things that we think are quite normal yeah that was a big intention because i think there are the kind of you know, potholes everywhere for us to fall into these, like, comparison traps, if you'll forgive me, kind of mixing analogies. And I think that sometimes we don't realise these kind of horrible friends that comparison brings to the table. We don't necessarily notice that they are a symptom of or a result of comparison. So, you know, 
I, I play this with myself too because as much as I want to be free of comparison and my, my comparison tendency has massively reduced, I still feel it. And I know it kind of is coming in when things like, I might say, well, I saw on Instagram before I'm about to say something not particularly positive about someone. I'm like, mm. whoa, catch yourself, bitchy leak. Like you're leaking there. Like that's none of your business. And um, that's not particularly nice. And like, don't be that person. Mm. Don't be that person. And I think, it, you know, as much as it can be uncomfortable and sometimes even confronting to look at some of these behaviours ultimately when we know about them we can do something about them and there's this great expression and forgive me because I forget the attribution in this moment but it ultimately says something like I think it might be um forgive me I'll come back to it it's what you don't own owns you so I know that comparison really owned me and until that I was really aware of that and noticed it and accepted it, however uncomfortable that was, it was only then that I could really go through it. So all you need is a suspicion that you might have something in common with those things to be able to solve it, which is the good news out of, the, I guess, the bad news. Yes. Well, this book, I think you just mentioned the word confronting. Like mm. it is, it makes you look inwards. It makes you look at yourself yeah. It's all very well to have external factors that are triggering you, but actually the work the work comes from the person. Yeah. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about comparison triggers because, mm. I mean, it sounds like from the, the story you tell about the uh, reunion, like is one of your triggers, for example, people who are similar age to you? I only got that from the story of like the fact yeah. you were all there and you all grew up together, but it, that sounds like quite a relatable one. Yeah, I would certainly would say that's been a, a big common theme because that's the thing isn't it when you find yourself at school with someone or in a hobby group or even living next door to someone who you play with their bigger sister or whatever it puts you in a cohort and it, it feels like it immediately brings together the um, standards and ranks of whatever that group is so that's certainly been a big one I've had to do a, a lot of work capital W mm. <laughs> on I would say latterly and I kind of touch on this a little bit in the book as well in terms of like comparison can be a real shapeshifter it can it will it, almost like a cold it will be passed on to someone else and mm. then sometimes it'll catch me by surprise and I'll find someone that's um let's say I'm on social media although it's it's absolutely happens to me offline too let's say I'm on social media and I see someone tagged in something with a pal of mine I might click through and think oh who's that person and then I click you know I click on their at and then I find myself on their account and then a few minutes later I'm like why am I scrolling two years back to their Mykonos holiday now <laughs> they you know 10 minutes ago they were a stranger on the internet and now here I am grading and ranking myself and it's like okay mm. and when that happens I'm like right back to square mm. one I go and to, to a very one. specific version of that person you got it yeah. you got it so yeah I think um school is certainly a big um a big trigger for many of us because again we're kind of from the same place we're of the same age there are those immediate measures there of like who's ahead who's behind I'm using air bunnies when I use those, that expression I don't believe in that but that's a whole other episode yes. but but la latterly let's say as life develops um, and we go through different life stages or we don't go through different life stages and we, we are ranking ourselves against people that like I say could be a stranger on the internet that you just so happen to pick up your phone at a certain point and the algorithm decided you should see a certain piece of content 10 second later it would have been completely different mm. but that can take you down a bit of a rabbit hole if you're not careful yeah but I mean on that point of the no one is ahead and no one is behind I think redefining what success means mm. to you in the in the moment is like yeah. a massive part of this isn't oh, it gosh yeah and it, equally that does not have to be a pithy short sentence or you know a quick answer it might be that even that's an invitation to really think about that like did you inherit 
your interpretation of success, um, has your interpretation of success gone past its sell by date, just mm-hmm. like that cheese that's sinking out of your fridge? <laughs> now, these are necessary, necessary and required just audit points for us to have if we're going to get over comparison. Yes. So one of my favourite bits in the book, because I love this stuff, as you know, as <laughs> yeah. you definitely do, um, the kind of witchier um, yeah. aspects of, of life is when you talk about vision boarding, yeah. vision boards. I just wondered for anyone listening who might not have one or or really know much about it, what power do they play? There's lots of information about this area around. So I would definitely say, like, hit Google and let your curiosity take you where it wants to. But for me, a vision board plays the part of not just accountability, but, well, one second, let me just share a little bit about what a vision board is. A vision board is at an at a glance or glance if you're down south from <laughs> late is an at a glance look at a vision of your life that you want to bring forth that you want to create so um it might be that it's in a secret part of your pinterest app and in there you've pinned pictures of like the how you want to feel like your career the emotions you want to feel in your life how you want your relationship to look or not look or it might be as i like to do i get a children's scrapbook from just like you know a local shop and it's like a big a3 um, Mm. double page i write the year in the middle And then I get to work with using old magazines um, and books and recycled newspapers. And I tear out and create a vision, create a picture, create a collage, ultimately, if we can just use kind of really like, you know, simple language, Mm. create a collage, ultimately, about how you want your your life to look and feel. Now, why this is so powerful as a tool for comparison is that a couple of things. First of all, it allows us to use our imagination. So the adult us, that kind of like very conscious, sensible, rational brain, just gets to sit down and eat some crisp for a second, while the more like the more feeling part of us, the more visionary, the more imagination-led part of us, the part of us that played such a big part of our lives when we were children, mm. can come forth. It also means that we can dream and articulate ourselves without filter, without explanation, without qualifying anything. So my vision board is up in my bedroom, so I look at it every single day and I've got a picture of it on my phone and I'll look at it pretty regularly. But it might be your vision board is just for you. It's secret somewhere. It's like behind your favourite dresser or like your favourite outfit in your cupboard even it might be that something's like between you and your soul almost Mm -hmm. but why that's so powerful is the practice of sitting down and you've asked yourself what do I want now you can do that through doodling with some colored pens like you know writing out words that you want to feel in the year that might be ahead of you but if you can really give yourself the time space and permission to really dream and output that onto one place onto some pages it's incredibly magnetic not just in terms of the manifestation um, potential which is perhaps a conversation for another time but just in terms of like you saying to yourself I have decided that these things are important to me for my reasons Mm -hmm. in this moment and that is enough full stop because in a world where we're so overstimulated by what we should want to be achieve experience I could go on with many 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 different words taking that time to arrive at that vision board and it be like I say the secret between you and your soul is incredibly incredibly powerful I love that and I feel like it makes so much sense that when you're so specific in what you want Mm. because like ever since I really knew what I wanted Mm. it kind of a comparison vanishes a bit because you're so certain on your direction Mm. for yourself Mm. and it's not like I want this very I don't know I say specific in terms of the direction not necessarily like this this and this but it's like when you know you're on your own path to what you want no one can take that from you that's exactly it well it almost like doesn't leave any room for comparison it just like 
cuts the oxygen off to it ultimately because that's such a big part of like you achieving this focus and it might feel out of reach but there's this great expression and forgive me because I, I can't remember the attribution for this too I'll need to hit google but there's this great expression which is um once you know where you want to be everything else is problem solving and I have found that mm. so powerful like you know right through to how do I write this book or how do I make this happen or how do I meet this person right through to um where do I want to go on a holiday if mm. that's an option for me it's like yeah. once, you, once you know where you want to be everything else is problem solving once that vision once that is crystallized to the best of your ability it's incredible how life will rise up to meet you almost as a reward for you showing you have that clarity showing you have that focus you might have three really kind of like roughly cut out pieces of like content or pictures of something on this massive white page fine that's enough if that's what you want in that moment that is enough this is not like a level art collage Mm -hmm. and progress you know process Mm -hmm. once you know where you want to be everything else is problem solving it's so true And I wondered in terms of when we think about comparison, when it gets really bad, you could put it in the mental health conversation, couldn't you? In terms of like, you know, keeping a lid on these things. And you've said this, you know, you said this in the past that just because you are the comparison coach doesn't mean you are immune to any of these feelings. And I just wondered, the exercises in this book are incredible. These aren't a do them once and you'll cure yourself thing. It's like it's kind of an ongoing thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Which isn't meant to scare on scare anyone off. And absolutely. And if anything, I hope that's quite affirming. As in, like you're not the one that has to figure out like the flick of a switch. You are not the one. It has to be easy for, or you're not the one that has to find the one. Like the pressure's off. We will each have to go through our own process and practice of ultimately curing our comparison but this is very much kind of a rinse and repeat that the more focus you give to these exercises the deeper the impact they will have with you, for you mm. and then you'll start to see the change so for example like I've shared before like I still compare myself but I would just whereas before I used to be a comparison generalist and I go into the deep like you know almost the semantics or particulars of this in the book so I won't go into that just now but I used to be a comparison generalist I would and I would exhaust myself with comparison and something I'd see on a Tuesday lunchtime would still be with me on like a Thursday morning and now my episodes of comparison are intense like you know putting my hands under a too hot tap <laughs> they're intense short-lived and spread out so I still feel them I still notice them go back to the essentials and it's almost like remembering the the worst your favorite song Mm. oh yeah I know where I am now yes that's amazing (laughs) that's so so good and I feel like I've had a similar conversation with people who have written about mental health and how every morning it's more like managing managing the feelings every day rather than letting them build up again that's exactly it and being compassionate to yourself and being kind to yourself and honoring that you are doing what you can in the moment and to just acknowledge what you're saying in terms about this being part of a mental health conversation in that when I have a a first call with a client just to understand you know where they're at it's not unusual for me to refer people to psychologists and say you know because what I deal with is the now and the future when it comes to the past that is really a therapeutic conversation and we all deserve to heal we Mm. all deserve to heal so I'll often um, refer them there's a great psychologist I love called Dr Soph online she's worth following too she's a breath of fresh air and has some incredible accessible tools that um that we can all enjoy and really heal from too I'm in that space of understanding what does that person need the most because it might be they go to 
experience some healing, experience some therapy, and then they're put on a different part of their path, which means I may never see them again, or they might circle back and say, right, loose. Let's talk now. I'm like, brilliant, yeah, let's talk mm-hmm. now. That's so good. And and I wondered with the book, because it is focused on self-worth and, yeah. like I said, kind of concentrating on yourself, which I, I really like, um, because that's always going to benefit in all areas of life, mm. like comparison, yes, but also so many yeah. other things. I wondered how much do you give yourself a bit of a I'm only human moment versus I need to do more work? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the balance between I'm only human, we can let ourselves off the hook for many things Mm. versus being accountable. Well, I think this is where kind of like perhaps our more intuitive side comes in. So I have um, one of my spiritual teachers, David Wells, always says to me, Lucy, trust the first voice. So that first mm. message from inside. So, for example, let's say that um, my boundaries are being pushed. Like and, a gut um, instinct thing. Yeah, that's exact perfect way to put it. Gut instinct, intuitive. I will know when it's like, do you know what? For the sake of easy life, I'm just going to do it. And it, it's almost mm. like it's over before it started. It's like, oh, You've my. already, you know, yeah. yeah. It's like I might have missed an opportunity to grow here, but it's going to be okay. I'll also know when it's like, oh, here's my test or here's my assignment to pass about showing that they're self-worth and showing that I value my time. So one of the ways to answer that question is that we'll often know, huh, mm, interesting, here's that situation or here's that boomerang, boomerang coming around again. We'll often know when it's the time to speak up and come from a place of courageous growth Mm. (laughs) um another way of that is like you know maybe be somewhat platitudinally like you know adult hard and like speak your worth kind of thing but we'll also know when it's like it's just not worth it because actually it's all right we ultimately i think we deeply know when those moments to grow present themselves and we can choose whether we pick them up or not Mm. but the more we pick them up the more we'll be rewarded for it because and yet to completely acknowledge what you're saying there there are those times when it's a case of like, you know what, I'm only human. I messed up a bit there. But when I, I'll do better next time. Yeah. Because it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint, isn't it? It's like uh, one of the things that kind of I feel takes the pressure off us a lot is to realise that this really is a lifetime assignment. And we'll just keep getting served the assignment. So we may as well just buckle up for it. Yes. <laughs> and it's interesting, isn't it, when we as humans meet a milestone that we think is going to make us super happy forever yeah. and it doesn't quite. And then we realise, oh, we're all just muddled along kind of trying to make things work yeah, in the moment and that's it. so it's sort of it sort of is quite ridiculous that we compare ourselves to other people when like they're comparing themselves to other people yeah. and it's just one big cycle of comparison <laughs> when actually uh, we're probably doing all right yeah we we almost always are guaranteed to be doing all right and we're doing what we need to be doing like each of our assignments will be totally different and that's why sometimes you might you know, let's say you see a comparison trick, you're like, hold on, why do I ever compare myself to you? And it's like, because the thing is never the thing. Mm. The thing is never the thing. It's never the person. It's always what that insight is the comparison is trying to show show us. And that's what, you know, can be quite confronting. It's like, well, I'd rather just like bitch about the person mm. than do the work myself. Totally. And on that point, I suppose, maybe we've spoken about this before, but when comparison triggers are useful. Yes. When it makes you actually reveal a truth about yourself. That's right. And I think you know, neutrality is really powerful here. So my biggest intention through the book and everything I do is rather than to kind of promote self-judgment, it's to get into a place of like observation. It's like, oh, mm, interesting, I noticed that about myself. 
when we're being triggered by comparison, we are, you know, our heckles come up, or we're feeling not good enough, or we're feeling like, oh, you know, that's one less chance for me because they've got that. Actually, what they're really doing is if we can just take a bee and just breathe for five seconds, there's actually some incredibly valuable insight there. What is this trying to teach me about the progress I want to make? What is this trying to teach me about the goal I want to achieve? What is this trying to teach me about what I need to slow down in? Mm. You know, there's a lot of different insights that are held within comparison if we can just hold the stare with it as uncomfortable as it is rather than just revert to our comfortable but totally unuseful kind of like other behaviors basically yes and i know most things probably come down to this but is it is it the patriarchy's fault that women think that there's not enough like cake for everyone is yeah. that even an analogy <laughs> something yeah. about a piece of a pie you know what i mean yeah it's that it's i think it's called the zero sum game like one win for you is a loss for me i think the patriarchy has a lot to answer for as part of this and that's why our the biggest middle finger emoji we could show to it is to think actually not only do i not believe it i will not participate in it whether yes. that is said out loud or not i will not participate yes on this very inspiring note because your following online for example this year has kind of grown a lot through your amazing videos and the fact that you share such pep talk inspiration to people that really need it and I just wondered for someone who speaks a lot about boundaries Mm -hmm. have you learned anything like can you pass on anything around has social media like crept in a bit too much for you or are you putting new boundaries down because I'm guessing you have like quite a few more messages than maybe you did a few years ago I try to um walk my talk on this one and that is I will connect as authentically and I can say that because I'm a life coach I can say authentic (laughs) (laughs) but I will connect and check in and um be accountable and aware of as much as possible to the point of my mental health suffering ultimately and that is because I insist that other people respond in the same way yeah. And whether it's an email I send, a DM, a WhatsApp, like, you know, my friends and I have this rule, two blue ticks mean nothing. You know, if I've seen your message at, like, self-checking at Tesco, you can very much <laughs> be assured I was not present and it was a mistake, I read it. And so I suppose it's about not being thinking about the size of an audience and just thinking about, like, the one person I want to touch with my words helps a lot yes, too. Yes. And if people really need me, then email's best or there are other routes to get me. Like, you know, I'm a bit behind on, like, contacting my mum on whether, what napkin she's bringing for, like, round for tea on WhatsApp. So I'm definitely, like, really behind on, like a stranger a stranger's request to me in my unread yeah you know, so I just I suppose to sorry to summarize I just really try and treat that whole thing and when it comes to inboxes with a lot of compassion and just patience and space in the acknowledgement I won't get to everybody just like my messages won't be read by some people too I can't tell you how healing it's been to just extend the same understanding to someone that I would need to cash yes. in for myself yeah really that's really really good to know you're so wise on yeah. that boundary thing because I, th- I still get the guilt of not replying sometimes but like you said some people don't reply to me you know it, we, yeah. it's, it's like a swings and roundabouts thing yeah. and it depends on the on the moment but um because in the in the beginning of the book I really mm. like that you basically say that comparison has always been around like for yeah. centuries and millennia maybe yeah. it's, it's a very old kind of ingrained problem as human beings but the social media element I'm so glad you included some hacks and like tips on yeah. online life <laughs> because I don't know social media is a big part of this isn't it yeah it is and that's why I think more and more we need to be looking at coming at 
coming at it from a place of how do I manage, how do I navigate through rather than how do I stop and how do I prevent? Because I don't want to be having to like hit the emergency button, you know, like on the on the escalator on the tube. I don't ever want to hit that button, like goodness forbid. So I think the more we can be, again, good use word, compassionate with ourselves and navigate our way through. And if that means an ebb and flow to our usage, if that means we're inconsistent um, in lots of different ways in terms of no one can really time their clock by me or their watch by me, not because I'm too important to be predictable, but because I just, for my own mental health, need to ebb and flow like anyone else. But if we can be consistent in the ways that when we do show up, there's something of value or something funny or something interesting that we're sharing or just something that's going to spark people's curiosity or update them, then really that's the new measure, I think, of consistency these days. Yes, that's so very true. So this episode is right now listening you'll probably be listening to it in January like Mm. very early January is there anything in 2020 that you're thinking about you know nothing around New Year's resolutions or anything but just is there anything like you're curious about that you're kind of gonna take into the year with you I well so I've chosen my word of the year which is surrender and that isn't from a place of like give up it's really imagine if I could just take my hands off the wheel for a second and just be more present and smell some of these roses that have worked so hard to grow. I definitely would say something I'm curious about is what would happen if I just did some of the working out but not all the working out? What would happen if I um, translated the same care and attention over to my personal life as I do to my professional one? That's a really big one in terms of, you know, I'm 36, 37 next birthday, I'm married, and I do feel like the last couple of years my business has had the very best of me, and that's not fair. You know, when I look at, like, my family and my friends, there's been... I look back on my diary, I'm like, gosh, I worked a lot. And it was all, you know, well-intentioned. But for the coming year, it's going to be like, what's happening when I'm not on my phone? That's a really big focus. I'm actually going to... I'm going to stop storing books on my Amazon wish list. I'm going to buy them. I'm going to read them. I'm going to have more baths, like, watch more Netflix. For me, it's about surrender. Like, what if I allowed myself to enjoy my personal life and trusted... And trust fell, like you need to do trust fall at school. How can I trust fall into the year and what it wants to give me rather than trying to analyse it all? Oh, that's so so mm-hmm. good. I'm on I'm on the same wavelength yeah, as what you. Would you. What would you, how would you respond to that question, Em? That's such a great question. Like, what do you think for 2020? What are you curious about, darling? I I, t- I just totally agree with all of that because I turned 30 this year. And I felt a real shift in Mm. terms of my priorities. Mm. I felt like my 20s were insane to the point where I probably could call myself a workaholic. Don't regret it because actually I'm really really enjoying the fruits of the labour now. But time to, like you say, not act like this is a hamster wheel and if you fall off it, you're done. Mm. We can take breaks. We can take sabbaticals. We're not going anywhere. That's it. One of the, my affirmations, whenever I kind of feel like I'm getting to that point of like I could smell burnout, I just say to myself, this isn't a trick. You've not been given these experiences, these skills, these passions, these decisions, these, you know, tools for suddenly someone to pull the rug out from under your feet. This is not a trick. There's no baddie behind the door. There's just you and your ego not letting you rest. Mm. So like chill (laughs) oh it's so true and I and sometimes you know you have to confront those gremlins Mm, of what is stopping you from putting your foot off the pedal because it's like it's it's almost like you convince yourself that if you step out of the arena Mm. someone's gonna go only joking yeah your whole career was (laughs) was a joke back to square one yeah back to square one you go and I think that's part of like I say hangover and that might be a bit strong but 
What's so great about the rise of the entrepreneurial market, and I use deliberately general terms there, is that people have found an energy, they found a passion, they found an idea within them and they've run with it. One of the things around that, though, is this idea of like this hustle culture. And I've seen you talk about it before, too. I think, like, what's it all for mm. if we can't enjoy it? If we've got it, adrenal fatigue or we've got the flu or we just have to come offline for six months, like, what's it all for? Totally. And it's and whenever I'm like talking to businesses or anything and they like are against flexible working or something, it's like you do know that giving your employee like the 4 p.m. finish on a Friday might stop them from burnout, which. Yeah will actually stop a six-month burnout period of no work. Yeah. Like, it's will help performance. Seems quite simple, but yeah. we need to love this. I love love seeing you, so I'm always reminded of um, the self-care element yeah. to oh, being ambitious, which is also totally fine. Absolutely, yeah. But um, congratulations on the book. It's called The Comparison Cure, How to Be Less Them, More You, and you've worked so hard on this book. And I can say that because I know yeah. that behind the scenes well, you've worked so you hard. I was even doing the proposal. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> so, yeah, sliding down the wall crying and it's all come to the fruit now <laughs> thanks Emma. it's so exciting um everyone listening do go and grab a copy because it is transformational and i think we need it now more than ever so thank you thank you emma thanks